zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours! Hello and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I speak to comedians and creatives about the best and worst jobs they've had to do to get by. Today I'm joined by comedian Peter Brush. How are you doing, Peter? Uh, I'm all right, thanks. Yes, it's a, it's a nice day and, uh, and all that. Like these long, these long evenings, you know, with the light and stuff. Yeah, it's I used freaky. to not like that when I was a kid. I used to like, oh, no, I like it dark and, you know, to suit my mood and stuff. But, <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, it's good, actually. Like, it's much like, you know, I quite like it being bright at 9pm. Because you don't strike me like you would have been a moody teen. Really? Is that sarcastic? <laughs> yeah. Thing? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would have probably been. Yeah. But I mean, wasn't everyone? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I was for sure. Um, yeah. But I think some people were happy as teenagers. Surely. Yeah. The, the, the bullies and yeah. the cool kids at school that, you know, that lot. But uh-huh. and where are the, they? Not now? the bullies are happy. I mean, but I mean, like you know, the people that used to probably take the piss a bit. The people that say school days were the best days of our of your life. They're the ones that were happy at school. But yeah. they're probably you know that's not the way around to do it. If you ask me, you've got. To... Yeah, because I guess more of your life is spent out of school than it is yeah. in it. It is, unless you're really thick. <laughs> like, keep getting held back but do they do that in the uk i thought that was just an american thing i don't yeah i don't think, well i'm not yeah probably not unless there's some really extenuating thing like you've missed a year for whatever reason like you've i don't know come from yeah i don't know like for some reason you haven't had a year of schooling and you've had to start the year behind or something yeah i'm sure that's happened that's it has to have. yeah but yeah i don't think you get held behind really you could be a teacher you'd be spending a lot of your time in school still wouldn't you but it's not yeah. quite the same because you're not in this it's not the same social dynamic is it being you know it's not like you just carry on is it you know? it's not and that'd be really tragic if you're still getting bullied at school yeah <laughs> as a teacher well, a lot of the teachers do get bullied though don't they so yeah yeah. Uh, I find it weird now that I think of people that I used to go to school with. I know some of them are teachers. Yeah. I find that so weird because I sort mm-hmm. of think they're not getting respect, surely. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what you were like yeah, at school. Um, yeah. But it's, kids can sniff it anyway, can't they? Like kids know, like I say this like frequently, that like if you remember back for, to school, that the, ki- the, the teachers that you misbehaved with weren't necessarily outwardly the strictest seeming they were just the ones that you respected more i think mm-hmm. that you behave you just behave from because you just thought oh they're, they're sound you know oh, they can yeah. they can like turn it on and like bollock you if they really really have to but like usually but like the ones that you messed about with it was just a lack of respect i think like yeah i think, that's, I think you sense that i don't think it's a disciplinary thing necessarily i just think you smell weakness in a personality and you just go for it so yeah I agree, and I think it is um, an incredibly animal instinct, isn't it? Mm. Um, how do you think you'd fare as a teacher? Never a consideration. Uh, I think it's <laughs> what I think it's incredibly low down the list of professions that I'd want to do. I think it's so thank. Well, it's not thankless because I guess a lot of people get a, a massive amount of satisfaction out of doing it um i mean you don't have to you know it is you know i mean you're still thankful for teachers that i i had and stuff so like and if that's but i just i didn't think that the i thought the con list was too far too i was just never ever thought about ever doing teaching ever like no it's very it's just not a consideration so for me to think how will i do i just um <laughs> like I, I don't need to consider it but i i'd say i imagine not well but i don't know i find it hard to talk to kids like when i'm seeing in in the wild you know mm. so like in the wild or in captivity you know at like friends houses and stuff but yeah it, they're all I, I've, I've got nothing to say to kids like really they're so boring aren't they they are really like i've got no common 
Granted, they don't understand social awkwardness as a hilarious <laughs> concept either, which is very, which is a bit of a problem for me. Mm-hmm. So anything self-deprecating and stuff, they just don't, you know, they don't roll with it. Like I'm not, no. I mean, I have friends and family with kids, and they're sort of like, oh, that's good for them if you want to do it, but see you in 18 years. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> I uh, tend to talk to them like they're adults, um, which has varying levels of success actually yeah i like to not i I don't like to talk to them like children Mm. like i can't do that i can't do the but i can talk to dogs a bit like that so i don't know if it's maybe if i had the willpower i'd be (laughs) but just find that's fine well dogs are more consistent for a start Uh children are more i don't know um yeah i just I mean, I've, I found it hard enough to learn how to talk to people and to talk to children is just, uh, you know, but thankfully doesn't happen. To, I suppose you'd be sink or swim, I suppose, and you'd have to, you'd find a way to, to deal with it if you had to deal with lots of children. But yeah, uh, dear God, I hope that that doesn't happen. You know, <laughs> I know the circumstances be like if we, I don't know, like imagine if I was in like a, a boat with a load of kids and then the boat, like, came to like crash on a desert island and I had to look after all these kids oh no I'd like to think I'd rise to that occasion Mm -hmm. or there'd be a lot of dead children on it (laughs) (laughs) would you have killed them or would they have just expired due to like uh you know malnourishment and I think um I I think I need the resources so so. (laughs) I would be like Dog eat dog. I had to outsmart them immediately. So I don't know. I just so I can't think being stranded with children would be really, really, really annoying, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. If I'm going to die on this island and stuff and never be rescued, I at least want some peace. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess you could just walk into the sea. That would be an option. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think I would try and prolong life though. you've been here for six hours i'm out (laughs) Uh, no i'm not no yeah wouldn't feel like six hours though would it yeah Yeah. i guess you wouldn't know would you if water get into your watch yeah that's true yeah having said that i put my casio watch you know the one that all of the comedians have because it's nine pounds and it's got a stopwatch on it uh accidentally put that through the washing machine came out fine so I think, I think it could survive a shipwrecking. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also you you'd know if this, you know if it was the same day, wouldn't you? Like if you had a measure. <laughs> no idea. Like, <laughs> well, the sun goes down, doesn't it? So. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you had uh-huh. to have some idea of twenty four hours, wouldn't you? Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. The, uh, the French did an experiment, didn't they, where they put a load of people into a cave for like two months to see what the perception of what happened to their perception of time. Uh, what happened? Not much, really. Uh, so that's good to know, isn't it? Well, I suppose you have a biological clock, though, don't you? Mm-hmm. So you know roughly what time is. Why you wake up at the same time, don't you? Pretty much. Like yeah. generally you have like a natural kind of cycle don't you your body kind of knows what time it is yeah so i guess you know don't know how much you can unless you d- deliberately disrupt that mm-hmm. then i guess you'd still kind of stick to it wouldn't you i suppose yeah um, perhaps you're all just being tricked into buying into big clock yeah big, big clock yeah <laughs> big time yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the um, Illumini watch. Oh, just got, actually, cut that bit out. <laughs> the Illumina timey. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I hurt myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> on that, um, what what's your worst job ever been, Peter? Ever? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like quite. I mean, that bad. Every job I had has been bad because i don't like jobs <laughs> but Fair. i guess i have a very like not make the best of it sort of thing but i can always like 
see the reason the positives behind not the positives even but I, I just I don't know I think it's a defense mechanism and like I latch on to the reasons why it's kind of like the positive aspects of doing the job really so sometimes that's money but usually it's, it's also never knowing that I'm never going to do something for that long as well which is yeah you know so I just like couldn't say any job was was especially hellish in that I like hated every single even though I've not liked any of them yeah <laughs> but uh so I don't so all of them were, were quite bad really I mean uh worked in the I mean I only worked in the pizza out kitchens for a few weeks um that was like a typical kind of bad job one thing I noticed from the, what was funny about the working in the pizza hut kitchen is that they say that if you you have to work a certain number of hours to that day to get a free pizza, right. but you do get a free pizza which you can make yourself. Amazing. Right? Well, you say that, but oh. <laughs> uh, so you can put any toppings you like on it, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and they have the the way they cook them is they the bases are pre-sprayed. They're sprayed with like something that looks, comes like an aerosol can, which is I, oh, no. a bit, I mean, you know, they say this, you should never like like if you know what happens in a factory or in a kitchen and stuff, you'd never eat there or you or eat food from it. Yeah, but uh, you don't know, can't hurt you, I suppose. So they have one of these, you know, like when you go to a hotel and they have like a toaster where they have the conveyor belt. Yeah. When you, when you put the pizza in the pan, then mm. it goes through one of those to cook. So right. you put your own one in, right? And they've got like four different size pans. The biggest one is like a large, and then they've got a medium, and then they've got a small, and then I think they've got a kids, and then they've got the free staff pizza one. <laughs> So it was literally, it was, it was a smaller pan than any of the public could have, like for your free pizza, you basically got like the equivalent of a slice, but it was really round. So a lot of it was crust. So right, that's it was hilarious. Like you get a free pizza, but we specifically, like it cost more, it cost us less money to make a load of tins for the staff to have their own pizza in than so like, because they knew long-term they would save on ingredients. We couldn't, yeah. we couldn't even have a child size you had to have smaller than that but oh, no. you could put whatever toppings you liked on so there's that oh the swings and roundabouts it's just find out the most expensive toppings and then use those instead yeah but, i'll have the lobster pizza yeah oh. yeah i don't know what pizza huts you're going to <laughs> <laughs> none no well no i, I wouldn't know either i mean, presume it's still a thing but um i can't eat pizzas like that really it's too like too dairy you know like having said that how unhealthy would one be if you were able to have a large pizza hut pizza every day that you were at work well it would be very bad for you wouldn't it <laughs> incredibly but you're on your feet all day so you justify it a bit don't you yeah you know, but when you have a job that you on your feet all day you sort of justify eating worse don't you you just sat at a desk it's nothing that's different so true yeah, yeah. So, so i wasn't there long i left because i was a student at the time and they had a meeting at like eight o'clock once sunday morning yeah and we went to a rave the night before <laughs> and <laughs> it was like 7 a.m when i'm not going to this meeting then <laughs> so, so no. also not a good state to be going into the meeting i don't think my concentration span would have been especially good um <laughs> right so there's so that one and then okay. i think so is that why you got fired because you didn't no i just me. well just they just didn't turn up and then okay. thought well i just thought well i can't go back in now because you get like i know consequences will you know mm. but so you just uh, never went back <laughs> no i just never went back and they wow. didn't get in touch or anything they just they sent me a check for the last like bit of work that i'd done for them and and that was it. I should have probably stuck it out a bit longer because I needed the money more then. But um, like, I don't know. It was a peer pressure element to it as well, almost, because like everyone I live with was working for them at the moment at that time, even though we were right. students. But we got we knew someone that worked there. So we all had a job there. Um, mm-hmm. So it would have actually been I should have stuck it out in some respects. But also I did also hate it as well. 
yeah. I mean, wouldn't mind it if they let you just do the washing of the pots and stuff but there's a lot of pressure like coming up with like, like doing all the conveyor belts and putting yeah no. also yeah I'm pretty sure there was a I mean the people some of the people there I'm sure would have um you know in the current climate not be working <laughs> yeah, <I see. laughs> you can read between the lines somewhat problematic bit. yeah maybe but the thing that gets it you could have like you could have just died or something and just not come into work yeah and never know they yeah they just, could have wasted that check couldn't they so. they could have they could have kept it that's the estate of peter brush would be after that <laughs> 72 quid or whatever <laughs> so, yeah so i don't know um well that lack their lack of concern is appalling it is own. actually yeah when you think of it like that i think it's i think we're definitely even yeah <laughs> so, yeah absolutely yeah um so i don't know whether i mean i could just list all the other jobs i suppose because they're all pretty i mean i worked in a a printing factory for when I was a kid once for like the school holidays and okay. that was really I don't, it was one of those jobs I don't they still do it now where like this guy just went into our school and said we need two lads for the summer to like <laughs> do all this like pallet like put a load of stuff on pallets and shrink wrap it for six weeks and it was like pretty it was knackering I used to fall asleep when I got home yeah and stuff but they were just like oh yeah it's, it's like 300 quid for the summer and you're like well yeah but they uh, surely they can't do that now can they i mean no i don't think they do right. do that anymore um, no. i don't i don't think employers are allowed to use schools like the <laughs> yeah, job <it's>, center <laughs> yeah well, that's just exactly what happened some guy from the print factory down the road mm. like who i assume was not crb checked or whatever <laughs> they call it at the time now just, but a guy uh, D- is it dbs i think is it now yeah but yeah some bloke just come in just like we need two boys you know two two supple boys you <laughs> <laughs> look so, sexy in a bathing suit yeah. what nothing <laughs> but yeah just i can you know just oh and we had to every day the bloke in the fa- in the warehouse had virgin radio on mm. and virgin radio had this thing where we never repeat a song like throughout the day it just yeah. meant that they played the same songs every day but yeah. in a slightly different order so it's almost worse it's like oh when's girl all the bad guys want by bowling for soup gonna come on today <laughs> it's like oh we'll keep an eye out we had that in the cafe it was like no repeat eight it's a finite period of time yeah they only made so many songs in the 1980s <laughs> what yeah so it's so yeah. what what were you printing at the printing factory? I wasn't doing a lot of printing. I had to, um, it was mainly packaging things, but it was mainly because there was a job where they were archiving a load of their stuff and they needed it shipped to some archive center or, you know, those storage places and stuff. So basically I needed to empty the warehouse out with all of their like boxes of old designs and stuff into onto pallets and shrink wrap it and then some bloke that looked like Steptoe and son came and like picked them picked them up in his truck and you know so yeah that was that, was that for um six weeks over some once so yeah it- and they get it was it was uh it was you know at the time when you're a kid you're like getting cash and it's like oh great you know like what's parents driving lessons paid for and stuff and things so yeah but i mean again you know you know it's six weeks so you're like fine if you're like someone's like this is you for for 40 years now and then like (laughs) then you retire and your back will be fucked then then that's a different deal in it but i just think oh well it's only for a short period of time and anytime i had a job when i was trying to do comedy i would just be thinking well i'm only doing this until i'm going to do comedy as a i had i mean suggest that i've got a lot of faith in myself to do comedy full time but like it was always like well i can make this work while i'm trying to do what i actually want to do so it's never there's never the this despair in my head where i was like well like this could be me forever because it's just like well it's not gonna be because even if everything goes 
wrong comedy wise then I'd, I don't know assume it, I mean, I'd say it was never an option because I always thought probably get by at some point because just because you get a measure of how well you're kind of doing in in comedy like so at some point you think so you think oh well I'm sort of on a reasonable trajectory and stuff and it took a while but you know so, so yeah I, I can't remember I was doing about seven years of work and doing comedy before I could jack it in so yeah so uh, at what point did comedy enter your life and how soon were you like this is what I want to do uh well I think I I don't know because it's weird because you you implant like your, your memories are very unreliable and if you uh if you know that yes um, they are because you just tell yourself oh yeah I always said I wanted to do it and I was always going to do it and that was like death no you gotta end up implanting the stories that make it destiny don't you then because you you yeah. write in history backwards and stuff um and you trick yourself into saying that so in my, in my head I was like well I'm always going to do it and always want to do it and you know anytime I did any creative work it was always like how's the funniest I can make this and anytime there's any opportunity to be on stage I was naturally shy but I would always like sometimes something clicked and I was like well that's a funny idea I can do that in a setting and stuff and like so it was always a preoccupation and then I tried it a couple of times at university and then I stopped and because I didn't know where to do it then eventually just um found out what was going on locally and then just didn't stop after that so I don't know when that was over 10 years ago now so about 2009 I think I consider the first like proper comedy circuit stuff before that like some university things were were not like there weren't proper gigs really it was just like a couple of things at a student union and someone asked someone that I was sort of friends with asked me to do comedy during the break at a jazz night that they'd set up and, <laughs> oh, and yeah. when you're like I was 20 or something at the time and I didn't know how comedy works I was thinking oh yeah it's fine I'd just do that in the break it doesn't matter is it and yeah. but you just like stood in front of the stage not on the stage Perfect. and then just people are just walking around getting drinks and stuff like that and there's a <laughs> Yeah, there's a small semicircle of mates of mine sat in front and in my head it didn't go as badly as you might think but like it was still like nowadays I'd be like what the fuck you're not doing something in the break like you fucking idiot yeah. <laughs> like, you, doesn't work so yeah I don't know um I had the perfect job to be doing to be really pursuing comedy even though it's a shit job because mm, I had uh so it was so originally, so I used to work for the blood centre. Okay. Uh, and then, the, but like on a temporary basis, and eventually got a job in the quality department, like which is, which is just a clerical job really. And then a then a job that was sounded similar, come up in the hospital, like in, in Leeds, the like the um, like the trust. There's like five hospitals. So. It was like an sort of like an auditing role, but you weren't paid as a professional auditor or anything, but you just like do some work on some of the contracts, like checking like that the pest controllers were doing their job properly and that the caterers were, you know, following procedures and stuff like that. So just like a clipboard and look at things, but you've got the odd bit of interesting training and stuff. And then about a year into doing that, they decided that they were wanted us to do more checking of cleaning in hospitals and stuff like we did this not the job I applied for at all but they were like yeah you're doing this now and I was like oh am I so but I just in the end I just sort of picked my own rotor of, of where I was going to go and stuff because the, the other thing was I was the only person in the department that knew how to use excel so, <laughs> so even though my manager's been paid like twice as much as me and stuff like but it was, I never complained about it because he was extremely lenient. It was just like, you can basically, you just said, like, as long as you get everything done, you're supposed to get done, then you can basically do what you want. So if you need to leave at three o'clock to get to Birmingham or something, or like get in late the next day because you've been somewhere far away, then that is fine. And then there's the other time you have to like, you do get in at 3 a.m. and you have to get up at six and, you know, you just fight for a day, but that happens. But in general, I could make the flexibility work. So even though I was doing shit 
jobs I'd be like well now I can work like I could just go into a hospital and check an area on a Sunday and then like I've sort of made some time back and stuff and so I had like the kind of perfect situation for a bit so but I didn't like being four because four there's like um a, a, some sort of cleaning inspector or something I didn't really <laughs> think I didn't really like that was like a side to that was probably about half of what I was doing mm-hmm. I was do, still doing these other things and um but yeah I just knew that that worked for me and that that was not going to be anything I ever pursue either but I just yeah that was it'll do for now yeah it was yeah. I mean I don't think I have any particularly amusing stories about it and really which is not helpful is it for a comedy <laughs> podcast but no no so all um, I can think of is when you're talking about being a blood quality inspector oh uh, you like, don't look at much blood no, no. you know I like can more films when they like dip their their little finger yeah. into the cocaine and just rub it into their their gums and like mm, that's some good blood yeah that's probably that- what uh yeah there's not you know like how if you're really rich you have someone taste your food before do you think mm. dracula is one of those like, <laughs> like a sommelier yeah no that's wine isn't it it's like what you know like the beef eaters and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. To, to check it's not cat. to check it's not poison like <laughs> someone's like sent dracula a suspicious pint of poisonous seeming blood or <laughs> yeah wow so this is i mean do they have that i don't know vampires nice vintage bottles of you know some particular like ooh. oh it's 1923 negative <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't know you'd think so wouldn't you i All mean right. they have thralls don't they that they just like people that they keep keep alive to just nibble on so yeah i learned that you think there must be better years for bloods than other years you think i reckon absolutely yeah like Like, i wouldn't want to drink blood from now no 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 or the year chernobyl happened and stuff (laughs) yeah probably steer clear of that yeah vintage but nice mediterranean blood i think that's probably the that's probably a good healthy mediterranean blood yeah they've they've dealt with their alcohol uh properly Mm. so i don't have to ask a vampire i suppose but yeah uh Uh, any vampires listening please do call in uh (laughs) i'm not going to give my my personal mobile number out uh yeah go go via instagram i get do vampires have instagram i don't know well, they don't do many selfies, do they? Because they just no. come out as blank, don't they? So true. I assume. Just feel like those people that like um, troll you that have a picture of you know like a, a car. Or something. Yeah. Unless it's um, like is a selfie camera the same as a mirror for for vampire? Like, would you? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I think it has got a mirror in it. Ah, well, there you go. Yeah, so that's that's how you know. Mm, fucks. <laughs> so you uh said that you're a shy person You've did i say that you, you said shy when did I say that? before oh when i was talking about yeah you said like, that... getting up and performing and yeah in and, general yeah, yeah and you mentioned social awkwardness oh. uh i i also that was the reason i didn't do comedy for a very long time how and I think it's something that puts off a lot of people as well so what what are your thoughts upon uh you know like approaching performing as a a person uh well it's well because I've lost the uh perspective on that Mm -hmm. because I'm so used to it now it doesn't really bother me getting up in front of anything even if they hate me I don't care if people hate me like (laughs) Most people don't, but sometimes people do, and they just like fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> but but you have to like get to a certain stage where you naturally do feel like that. You're sort of like hardened enough to think, well, that happens, and like can't be everybody's cup of tea. But if ninety five percent of the time it works, then that's a good strike rate. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm not asked about getting up in front of it. And so sometimes if someone has to do like a wedding speech or something and they come to me for advice on public speaking, which has happened, I just sort of go, oh, you've got to do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't, sounds so unsympathetic as if like I know it's a big deal and stuff, but like genuinely, like I mean, if you're not doing comedy, I think it's kind of easier in some respects because you can stick a joke in a non-comedy thing and there's usually like if it's a best man speech or something there's usually so much goodwill in the room that it's not going to be like my advice generally to a, a best man speech is just don't go on too long because no one really wants to listen to it so yeah. you know if people if people go oh that was quite short actually and there was one funny thing in then that is a, absolutely that is an absolute win that is that's five stars for <laughs> for a speech in my opinion um so uh I don't really have advice on it. I'm very cold about it. I'm very much like, you know, you just have to not get over yourself. That sounds so unsympathetic. You literally just have to, I mean, I had to just do it and you just have to do it. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I just like, there's no, I mean, I don't know what other advice there is. What is there? Get drunk, do a line of Coke. That's, that's, that's bad advice, I think probably. Yeah. But, Join I the mean, 27 club. Happy days. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I, d- I just you know I thought it was pro- it was definitely a barrier like get really nervous about about it before like feel ill when we had to eat those like before but I just it was just something to work through you know if you want to do it you're gonna have to deal with it. and there's still professionals that uh really really have struggled with that now and I if I had a particularly notable gig like if I had a like if anyone ever ever asks me to do a gig on television god forbid then i'll probably be quite nervous about that but like a general gig i'm not like yeah it's just yeah it's kind of a figure i'm going to be all right but that only comes with exp- the experience of knowing that you're probably going to be all right and you can't just you can't just pretend you have that early on yeah. you just have you have to get the mileage and develop that so it's always anyone worried about getting up on stage because they're nervous they're just gonna have you just have to realize that's part of it and that's something that you're just gonna have to work through i think like it's just there's no short there's no magic bullet or shortcut or anything really not really in my opinion unless someone's withheld some information from me over the years (laughs) but yeah bastards (laughs) <laughs> what, did, what did you do did you feel that way or did you am I, am I sounding really unsympathetic there or what I don't know no, no I, I agree really I guess I was just I was very nervous and frightened and I didn't I I assumed that all comedians were very sort of gregarious uh individuals and confident mm-hmm. and then you meet them and it's I mean I guess it's just a monologue isn't it it's not like you don't have to hold a conversation you're just talking so it's not, you know, it's just pre-prepared lines that you've prepared if you boil it down. And there are only so many outcomes of mm. how you'll be, be received. So you, like, eventually get to a point where you're like, oh, well, if somebody does this, then I do that. And people laugh. Or if, if somebody yeah. says that. Or if, if you know, if somebody... Uh, like, yeah, there's only... You get a benchmark for how bad things can be. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a way of thinking about it that's uh war gaming isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so at least no one called me a, a slut you know yeah um not yet anyway no, no i mean they have done but that's oh, right, that's okay. the low end there right at least that's not happened tonight did you see what happened to me the other day i did post about it but i don't know if I... no i didn't what happened to you uh day? it was just a shit gig but they, this, these women really hated me like yeah. a lot they're really just like looking very angry at me throughout the whole mm. thing they were the front as well to be useful of course yeah they um, always are <laughs> yeah yeah so uh doing a bit at the moment about funerals and in it the line that is not the end of the joke is this is mid-sentence the setup mm. is where i say i will i say i'll probably have to kill myself in that situation then the joke will come later but mm-hmm. um, when I said I'll probably have to kill myself, they started to clap. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was like, so bad. <laughs> so it's just like, you want me to do it now? Or <laughs> like, I just, and you know, that's just, I don't really think it matters how good you, you get. You just, it, that's not bringing you down to earth that really so much. I don't think of it that way. 
that's just something that happens like whoever you are i think you know you just don't decide who these people are in a room do you like they maybe they're horrible women but maybe i am just not what they think comedy is at all i mean presumably people go to comedy with an idea of what they sort of want to see i mean sometimes people are there under duress and it's not really their idea and they're usually you know not great audience members but like they just might they might have thought that someone like michael mcintyre was gonna be there and they really just you know you can't not everyone's gonna like you like there's gonna be gigs that michael mcintyre turns up and people are gonna be very angry that that's the case you know it's just i mean it's a very small percentage probably because would imagine someone that, I wouldn't say he was my favorite comedian but like you know he knows what he's doing doesn't he so yeah yeah you're thinking, he's good at what he does um, you think in a lot of situations he'd make a gig of it <laughs> like, yeah so you know you can just make a gig out of most situations but you are just going to get horrible I mean it's not as bad as the time I did that gig at the rugby club in no a football club in November and the football team threatened to sexually assault me after the show I mean that's oh worse isn't it? so yeah so you know but I just don't care anymore like I just like why I don't respect the opinion of those people enough for it to hurt my feelings do you know what I mean yeah like, I don't there's an Eleanor Roosevelt quote which is nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent so I just think, well, I just don't, they don't value some people's opinions enough to like feel hurt by the fact that they don't think I'm very good at comedy because enough people seem to allow me to do it for them. So I'm not bothered, you know, but these things just happen. And that's another thing you just have to be prepared, prepared for. And if that had happened to me 10 years ago, I would have been more upset about it probably like I would have been thinking about it more and like it would have ruined my week because I just would have been like oh god like maybe I'm really bad and like and now I'm just like yeah it's 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 just this will make a fun story yeah they're better well they're the better stories aren't they like struggling at gigs because like that's the other thing every comic's got a story stories like that so you can't avoid it. You can't be that good that you never have a gig that it's shit and you die. Like you just, like, that's part of it. You know, certain di- weird dynamics. Something's happened earlier. Some, you know, rooms aren't perfect. Some people are, you know, people are often an obstacle, aren't they? So, you know, yeah. It's just so if you're nervous about doing it, you just I don't know. You just got to factor in the fact that like it's going to go badly. Not hopefully not more often than not but <laughs> it just will go badly and yeah I don't you know you get to a stage where you're quite comfortable with the fact that that happens every so often and that you can talk to comics about it because they're the ones that understand like that they you know they've been in that situation before generally like, yeah well some will pretend they never have but you know um yeah and so. the car share stories when there's like four of you in a car just with these are good it's a good car show. Yeah, yeah, well, that's like, what you want to oh hear. Who yeah. wants to hear about someone doing well? No one. Well, I was <laughs> in a car show with someone who was like, did this gig, smashed it. Did that gig, oh, yeah. Round of applause, yeah. Got a standing ovation for that one. Did this one, smashed it. And you're like, oh, this is this is dull. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no one wants to hear that. No. Tell me about when you had to leave via the fire escape because you thought you were going to get beaten up. I want to hear those stories. <laughs> exactly yeah that's um there's no there's it's like there's a it's like that um bit at the beginning of anna karenina yeah where it says all um fam- all happy families are the same but every unhappy family is different in is unhappy in different ways or something yeah like all good gigs are good gigs but all bad gigs of bad gigs in different ways so, <laughs> new interesting yeah <laughs> horrible ways <laughs> yeah exactly so um yeah kind of, sort of name dropping Tolstoy that's good yeah. that's good keep that in yeah, yeah well, <laughs> learned comedian yeah Peter Brush. yeah uh what did you want to be when you were a kid well I think I wanted to be a comedian but yeah uh, uh yeah I think so but then I don't I only remember watching I remember practicing walking around my bedroom pretending I was 
doing comedy when I was probably really young. You know, like how, you know, like in The King of Comedy where um, Robert De Niro, that's a fucking great film, but you've seen it? No. Should oh, you should it? see that. Do I want to watch it? Should, no, should I watch oh, it? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I thought you were asking me on a, not a yeah. date, but like on a... Yeah. <laughs> like a That'll be the like, sister podcast to this and we just sit yeah. and watch a film in silence for yeah. 90 minutes. Well, someone <laughs> will watch that one, but... Um, it's uh yes yeah, it's, it's it's just Robert De Niro's this deluded not particularly good comedian that kidnaps Jerry Lewis and asks to be put on the TV show otherwise he won't let him free but they've got like uh bits where he's he's in his basement like recording himself on a tape pretending that he's on like Johnny Carson and stuff like that and it's just sort of I don't uh, I don't think I was quite doing that but I did used to sort of like you know daydream uh, out loud you know about doing stuff uh i remember watching seinfeld when i was a kid and not really understanding any of the like actual cool references to it. like all the actual clever stuff in it like the subverses the, but the comedy at the beginning at the end i was just like well i want that guy's life you know i want to do that so yeah. but i think there was a period of time where i wanted to be a stockbroker because someone said that they make the most money out of all of the jobs when we were doing like careers advice stuff and i was just saying yeah. but i actually hold zero interest in, in that um, like for me so uh and then i probably i also think i wanted to be a novelist for a bit and but my prose is not particularly good i don't think so but i sometimes feel like i wanted to be a writer of some sort but i think it was all just i think comedy is the most satisfying form of writing because it's more proactive to me because like, you think well you'll actually like you'll actually do the fruits of your writing labor will actually i mean it might be a bad joke and no one laughs it and you won't do it again but at least you'll see a result of it whereas mm -hmm. if you write and i mean i know you can self-publish and stuff like that, but if you write a, a novel and it just never sees a light of day i just sort of think it's a little bit more dispiriting to me than like writing a i mean there's things you can't do in comedy i don't think like i don't find it very cathartic really like i can't i don't think i can write anything heartfelt or particularly like in interesting like i mean i think the jokes are interesting but i can't say enough interesting stuff like about opinions i might have on stuff that i could possibly do in another artistic genre mm -hmm. but it's like it feels like i'm much more productive doing it and also better at it than other stuff like i think anytime i tried to write anything serious it was it just it, it didn't i think it's really difficult to obviously it's really difficult to write really really well i think but there's a way that you can it's very difficult to write honestly but also emotionally and like but not re but resist the urge to ham it up and then it loses its authenticity to some degree if you know what i mean yeah like sometimes like it sounds if someone on facebook that you're friends with has a family member die or something and they write a eulogy about it. Obviously, you know, I'm not saying that someone's hamming up there, like, this is going to sound really awful. <laughs> no, no, go on. <laughs> but, but I can kind of, like, I don't know, like, I'm not saying people are relishing the opportunity to, to really flower up their language and be overly sort of emotional and stuff, but I just don't, like, but I'm, I'm sort of saying that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It feels a bit icky, you know, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're using the opposite. I mean, someone that's just been bereaved has got a lot going on in their mind anyway. I wouldn't sort of like disparage anyone for for writing something emotional, but I also feel like there's emotional writing, deliberately emotional writing, and then there's writing that's more I don't know, like I like things more stripped. You know, I think good poetry doesn't tell you much, it just evokes something you know so it's mm -hmm. kind of stripped down to the minimum words that you can possibly use to try and sort of describe something without shoving it in your face yeah you know? and that's an incredibly difficult skill to do as a writer like mm -hmm. Leonard Cohen can do it like incredibly dense sort of like you know not uh, saying so much in as few words as possible and evoking it. and then sort of like 
the discovery of of what it's kind of saying kind of floats into the ether and then that's where you pick it up you don't you're not spoon-fed the emotion from the words and what I'm saying is I cannot write like that I just I just (laughs) I just can't do it I just like I feel like a fraud if I ever try and write anything like intelligent basically it's like I mean you know can't say you like Woody Allen these days but like I'm a huge fan of his work like as as a comic writer Um, he wrote very 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 few good dramas Mm -hmm. but he probably wanted to be a more serious writer a lot of the time but very very rarely was actually good at it and it has a naturally comedic voice rather than a rather than he's not in Mark Bergman you know but and I feel like I'm similar in that in that respect in that respect I'm similar no I just don't feel like I feel like I'm a comic voice and I just don't think I can like like I'm interested in serious things and the human condition and all that sort of stuff and whatever but I just don't think I have the ability to be able to write like Dylan Thomas (laughs) you know so I just can't do it and very few people can and I think it's to me it's just about saying very have you you, I'm sorry have have you said anything for the last 10 minutes but but, 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 you know I mean you read books right I do read books (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. well I've read a book (laughs) I mean someone's not a good writer because they know the number of words that they can use to describe something and they can just like expand a definition loads and loads and loads and just like like, I've tried to read I'm sure he's a good writer but I tried to read Salman Rushdie once and I just Mm. thought well this is too much like this is like this is like a competition to for how difficult you can make like I'm not connecting with it that's the point yeah it's a little bit like becoming confident enough as a comedian to say well fuck it like I'm like I'm a good enough comic to understand how that gig went blah 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 like Mm. I'm confident enough now to read a book by a supposedly good writer and go nah fuck that (laughs) you know (laughs) actually quite boring just because it won the booker prize does not mean that you know I have to like it yeah because again it's subjective but uh but I'd say better writing would be it's that thing about Orwell saying, like, you know, he's talking about political writing, but saying if you can use one word instead of two, uh, use that, you know, it's not going to diminish the, like, emotion behind something because you didn't find this word that 5% of people understand, you know. That, yeah. To me. I'm sorry for shitting on Sam Rushdie here. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, know. no, um, he's got enough people that like him that it's... Yeah, you know, yeah. It doesn't matter, does it, really, to him? I mean, I'm not calling for a fatwa on him, so I've not. So it's not the worst thing anyone's ever said about him, is it? But no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. think we've actually had anyone call for a fatwa on on anyone on this podcast yeah. yet. Well, yeah, um, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I have the Islamic cleric credentials to be able to sort of legitimately call for one. To be honest, no, so. no. It's, it, we, we don't have to. No. Um, we could just not. Or just not call for one or just not yeah yeah that's yeah that's an no, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i All mean right, cool, cool, cool. i just didn't i just didn't like fury like the book <laughs> like, it's just like <laughs> you know i got over it yeah <laughs> just, yeah but, it can be done <laughs> but I'm, yeah so so i don't know so i'm not so i knew i can't i can't be a novelist either so mm-hmm. i'm just stuck doing a limited art form it is a limited art form because you mm-hmm. you're doing it you have to do it with the consent of the people that you're performing in front of yeah right. I've, so, I've done it without their consent before and it rarely goes well yeah yeah it doesn't mean the thing is it doesn't mean you're an artist for doing that you just I mean I think you just compromised I mean it might be that you only do a certain style of stuff that certain people like and certain people don't but you're still having to not you're still having to kind of compromise on the words because at the end of the day the audience that even if it's just the audience that you want their boss to mm-hmm. a degree they tell you whether something works or not so you you kind of lose I'd say you lose a little bit of, of that that what you could have had if you wrote a novel but at the same time the novel is supposed to have the same like dynamic where it connects with people it's just that you're not getting the instant feedback I suppose yeah so Sam and Rush you didn't see me reading the first two pages of Fury going huh? this is bad. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying where's where's JD Salinger bring him on <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know i just uh, I, say jay sanjay i don't know why i yeah. said that but no no which one did he do 
Catcher in the Rye. Oh, yeah. But it's a simpler book isn't it, to read. So it's, it's very slim. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing, you know. No, no. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah. I, I agree. Um, so I think I think we're, we're coming up to oh. the end of our time. Really? Oh, sorry. I yeah. feel like I should have uh, said more stuff about bad about bad jobs i feel like i was a bit too positive about the badness of the job <laughs> no that's good uh never apologize um for anything ever um no. it is my motto she says as she wakes up apologizing and goes to sleep apologizing well we are british so yeah i'm <laughs> you know. sorry i was born yeah. um <laughs> but uh yeah n- uh, n- never be sorry and um you know, I think that this podcast is it's very loosely held together with the concept of good job, bad job. Uh, but it is quite recently just descended into uh, talking about comedy, which I, I think is good. Or indeed, well, there's no uh, podcast that do that. So that's probably mm, fine. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That or um, it just becomes a how to guide into how to get into various professions, which I think is also quite useful. Um, you know, it's. Um, just because we we're comedians doesn't doesn't mean we have to be funny. We, I mean, we do, but um, well, I'm not sure every comment's got the memo there. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen a lot that yeah. aren't. Um, yeah, but um, getting I away mean, with it, you can get a lot of getting away with it. Like, yeah, <laughs> <Ooh. it? That's laughs> yeah. That got that got a laugh. That's good. Well, yeah. that's good. That's, <laughs> but, that's cute. Yeah, not good enough though is it a laugh you need a, a couple more than one you know so, yeah well i mean if it's know. a one-liner you really only have one capacity for no, one I mean, laugh right i mean one individual in the audience not oh right yeah I mean, okay like, so yeah so my attitude is like if it works a bit it's not good enough yeah but is that good enough i don't i'm not putting like i don't know the thoughts of some comics but like maybe some people i don't know Maybe some people think it's good enough for it a bit to be okay a lot, but I yeah. don't think it is because I want it to be always like a potential applause break. Like otherwise, I don't want to keep it in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, However, I do have ones where I'm like, the audience nine times out of ten don't like this one, but I fucking love it, and it's only very brief, so I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> Yeah, if it's brief and you've got credit, I suppose that's like, yeah. That's that's what self-love is. That. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm sort of, yeah, I guess I'm a bit of a sellout in that respect, I suppose. Like, <laughs> like, I won't, I, I'll give the audience what they want rather than what I always want, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have dropped ideas I've loved because they just can't, I can't get them to work. And there might be another format for it at some point, but like... I just my attitude is well they've told me that it's not going to work in the ways I've managed to do it so far in a stand-up setting so there's I can't you know go out there and it's just it's going to derail too many gigs especially on a Friday or Saturday night you can't give yourself the time to be working back up from bottom again like yeah because it's gladiatorial they figure you out you know and they're just some you know these gigs uh some friday saturday night gigs i love doing friday saturday night comedy for the energy and stuff like that but there's there's an attitude and i don't know if it's a british thing whether it's a universal thing of i will enjoy this while he's getting away with it but as soon as we figured him out then Mm -hmm. like oh yeah you thought you were you know you know it's probably like how we like celebrities to like basically a 20 minute set can be the course can be the same narrative arc as a celebrity downfall can't it it's just like yeah. oh he started it he started extremely well and he was the you know the blue-eyed boy and then like halfway through he said something like problematic and then everyone hated him and then you know yeah that's it's they've quickly pounced i mean people are very short mm-hmm. like attention spans or memories as an audience like and, and sometimes there is the attitude of oh uh, well we we see where this is going so we've got him you know like yeah like a groan if someone sees where something's going and they get it before you say the punchline and they groan well that's mm-hmm. them saying you tried to trick us and you failed yeah you know? it was, it's like being a magician every trick's got to work and 
stuff yeah yeah and i i also think it's um that there are ones where you've got like the dads that have been dragged along and they're the joker of the pack and mm. they cannot bear that they aren't for the 20 minutes that you're there yeah and they're like, especially well, if you're a woman i suppose oh <laughs> my probably... god yeah i don't have yeah. to respect this person i don't respect my yeah. wife and daughters why do i have to respect this stranger <laughs> cool cool thank thank you <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and i think that is really sad um, yeah it is but the that's the thing that you just have to deal with whatever you know the universe throws up against you sometimes i mean not that you have to respect that individual for thinking that but no, no. they are going they're going to be in the crowd and be an obstacle at some point so you just have to you know well with any luck most other people in the audience aren't thinking that way but yeah yeah you just have to take a deep breath and think i'm getting paid the same regardless yeah, yeah. and then talk for 20 minutes <laughs> pretty much go to the nice gig yeah but nice yeah I, I like doing hard hard gigs it makes you better yeah it just makes you you bulletproof and just i don't know like shouldn't Again, I just don't think that there's something to be avoided. If you I mean some people have uh, make a good point and say that you shouldn't do shit gigs, I think I have a good friend that never did them really, or like never felt that they were of any benefit. But I've personally found shit gigs to have been of benefit because I just feel hardened for for getting through them and stuff. And I think that's worthy thing to have in the bank, you know. It's good mileage you know yeah um, you don't learn very much from a good gig do you? no not Usually. really no not especially uh, although the definition of a good gig can be turning a hard gig into a gig that you've done well at and, yeah you know that's there's learning involved in that isn't there probably learning from a previous time to be able to turn it around the next time you're in the situation but that's a gratifying like thing to or, or if you've come up with something off the cuff that's turned it around because someone said something and you know that and that is a good gig but it was you know so i suppose you don't learn anything from easy gigs maybe other than good yeah. gigs. i guess that's the thing isn't it so, yeah because anyone can do an easy gig can't they like, yeah no. no one no one can do rugby clubs tennis not, clubs cricket yeah. clubs <laughs> no they can they can no one who looks like me can do uh, those clubs I, i've got more faith in you than you have <laughs> <laughs> no i've definitely crawled across the finish line at those yeah uh, those types of gigs anyway yeah sorry i've gone on too long now, but no not I at all uh i hope this wasn't but you didn't regret asking me to do this do you? <laughs> no of course not i don't I, do I many never. podcasts you know because because well i think it's mainly because i have no profile but so <laughs> after the incident like, or well no just because like <laughs> don't no one i've got no pull have i and not you know what you're going to get five more listeners to this maybe that are related to me for having me on you know that's that. yeah. <laughs> like, what did you do what did you do with that rave well no more questions got more questions that's, that's what's gonna, i'm gonna get in trouble no. for like, <laughs> yes but uh so you know i just hope it was good value and because it's not gonna you know it's not gonna boost your listenership i'm afraid i don't no, think no. So. um i think the the uh piece of brush uh, appreciation society will be all over this one oh, uh so. of which i'm an active member Are um right. well, I yeah yeah they come um, out of the woodwork sometimes these people have never right yeah, they yeah. want to tell me to, to my face a bit more often I'm just like... no we're, we're a very secretive group <laughs> uh but <laughs> much bigger than you think um it, it's been i like hearing that but i don't know if you're humoring me really <laughs> no i'll get the gang together we'll have a we'll have a meet up right um group in uh <laughs> wherever it is that you, you're based in the uk without without me Right. yeah yeah we, we never that's it's basically that's what a wake is isn't it it's an <laughs> appreciation group of people saying how much they liked you after you died and never said it to your face anything mm -hmm. like that's you know that's 
you know, it's like having your own tr tribute show on the TV when you die. It's like, yeah. I think it's anyone, I think that's what we all want, really, don't we, in life, is to be able to see the tribute show that they make for us after we die, before we die. Yeah. But, but you don't get to do because, you know, firstly, people would never be so saccharine if you were alive, would they? No. You get famous people that you know are dying and they don't have the appreciation show before. And you just have to hope that these people have been told how much they're loved and mm. stuff. But really, you want to watch the show where they say, oh, we knew he was a comedy genius since he was like, mm. you know, that's what you want to see. A little bit of ego boost just on the deathbed, you know, that's what you yeah. want. But you don't. No. maybe they leak it before because they make these things in advance don't they so maybe they yeah. maybe they'll leak it to you if you, you, hope. you know. i hope prince philip saw his i really do yeah, yeah. <laughs> very short really short film <laughs> not other yeah. good things about him um i've never seen a man want to die more he spent 16 years designing his hearse that really? is someone uh, who wants to go that's someone who's retired that's mm. <laughs> that's all <laughs> like you've got a, that's the one thing you've got left to plan isn't it yeah so like you your know. wedding day but you yeah know, it's not your it, problem it seemed like he, he had a lot of joy de vivre in philip i thought it was uh one of my favored members of the royal family i'm not saying i will be <laughs> mates with him or anything on that but i think he's good value in him um yeah. life life was i mean the fact that we have to have a royal family you know i mean seeing as we do I think life's a bit richer having characters like that, don't you think? <laughs> the nation's <laughs> awful grandfather. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, when he told that kid, he was, you know, that kid that said he wanted to be an astronaut. And mm -hmm. Philip said, oh, I don't think so. You're a bit too fat to be an astronaut. <laughs> I think, oh, it's brilliant. Like, yeah. I mean, I thought I couldn't talk to kids, but bloody hell. No. <laughs> but, I know. That's great. That's, I mean, awful for the kids and like, very upsetting and stuff but to hear as an objective sort of story that's funny so, it is funny and you know. he's got about four kids as well hasn't he so to yeah. not be able to talk to children when you've brought that many yeah he was just telling it like it is that's what he was he was saying look kid don't get any ideas you know <laughs> be realistic sort your shape out or <laughs> like think about another career you know astronauts yeah. hard work you've got to be in good physical nick and even if you are you're probably still not going to be an astronaut so no it's just a bit of dose of realism isn't it? yeah so, that kid's probably really appreciated that advice it probably hurt at the time but now he's probably like mm. you know i wouldn't have this tech startup without yeah. and <laughs> yeah. this eating disorder yeah <laughs> without yeah. that that old rich man yeah <laughs> Um, uh, um, I might have ruined that now. Though. No, no. Oh, yeah, okay. um, what? Where can people find you? What? What have you oh, got to plug? Well, I'm on the internet. Um, yeah. So whereabouts? Whereabouts? <laughs> well, I don't like Twitter anymore. No, it's sad, isn't it? Uh, it's just people getting angry about culture wars or making the same political joke. Um, like you think? Oh, I've come up with a funny thing to say about the current thing and then everyone's doing it and you're like, oh, mm. this makes you feel unoriginal doesn't it so yeah so i mean you could look me up on there if you wanted to but uh i use i use instagram so it's peter brush underscore because uh, there's a there is a peter brush apparently that has like, i can't use the username so i have to put mm. an underscore at the end of it yeah. someone someone's just like it's the problem when your surname is like uh, an object <laughs> i think i think they get used up somehow so there's that um and oh i, I also do a podcast as well you, oh. all right so mm -hmm. so uh but mine's done with a yoga teacher that i have as a yoga she's my yoga teacher not okay. solely mine it's not a private yoga teacher don't own her not prince philip right <laughs> But um, yes, so that sounds, I worry that that sounds like it's going to be wank because mm. people, a lot of people have angry reactions to yoga or think it's a bit, you know, flowery and stuff. But she's not really like, I, I don't think it's really like that. I think it's like, you know, it's not, well, it's not just about yoga anyway. It's just talking about stuff. 
there's yeah. often a yoga angle in it but there's also stuff about the mind and so i mean i admit i do a, practice yoga and i meditate and stuff and i do i would champion the benefits of doing both of those things so i can't say that that's not mentioned every so often but i also think it's relatively amusing light-hearted so it's worth if you think that sounds wank it's worth withholding your judgment until maybe listening to <laughs> one or two and they're quite short so it's not like this. so anyway yeah um so there's that which you, is, is which uh, is you can find by just searching for me or i i don't like the title of the podcast now it's too long but um <clears throat> but it's called chats over coffee with my yoga teacher which i don't like saying out loud for some reason it was a working mm. title i just didn't change it but then if i was going to like work on it make it short it'd be something stupid like comedy yoga or something which is sounds which is worse isn't it so, yeah much worse i so, um, yeah. i like the current title i think it's good yeah i just don't like saying it aloud and i just think it puts what it is basically is it's too much about comedy for people that like yoga and it's too right. much about yoga for people that like comedy so it's just not really for anybody <laughs> <laughs> perfect so going for the hard sell it's worth a shot it's also the graveyard of my most esoteric ideas that don't work on stage i often try them out mm. and so I like to think any super fans of me would find the odd gem in there. But right. yeah. Anyway, that's the longest bloody um, promo for something ever there, wasn't it? But and it's mildly apologetic, almost. Like, sorry for sorry that it's an average show that won't appeal to absolutely everybody. But you know, uh, no, I'm, anyway. sure, I'm sure the people will love it. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being present. Um, oh. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll plug some of my things. I always forget about that. Um, try and remember before I hit stop recording. Uh, I am going to be at Oxford Comedy Festival in July. Uh, just have a look for that on on the internet. I'm at Camden Fringe on the fifth and sixth of August. Please buy a ticket. Um, they're very cheap. Uh, as cheap as the venue would allow me. Uh, five pounds. Um. So I have a Patreon as well. I made a Patreon because this podcast has cost me so much money over the years that I've been doing it. And I thought, you know, maybe maybe I could stop working really hard for minus money. So if you want to um if you want to do that, then you know, I guess just have a little look. It's on the it's on the Instagram. Um buy me a coffee. I don't drink caffeine anymore. Buy me a tea. Uh, and then I'll give some of it to the guests. He's got a caffeine in it, doesn't he? Oh God! Buy me a, a decaf. Buy me a lemonade. Um, or sugar. Sugar's yeah. Worse Buy me a bottle of water in a reusable vessel. Um, and once I've recouped my losses, I will give some of the money to my guests eventually. But I mean, currently we're on minus so much money. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. Good <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>